Episode 24, Andy Medley. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. It's another amazing day on the set at Gut Plus Science. This community of people, you listeners, that are determined to be better leaders and better humans every week truly inspire me. And those of you who eagerly raise your hand to come on the show and share in abundance are outstanding, and we all thank you. Every episode makes just a little dent towards a great big impact on healthy workforce development. And at the micro level, more and more people get to wake up every day with more energy and excitement to go to work. Work, and they go home a better person because they feel they have meaning in their days. So on today's show, we're going to talk about a few topics that drive employee engagement like open book management and accountability. Open book management can make a huge impact on ownership mindset of employees and accountability in a company is so important. It helps us keep people. Companies with high accountability have much higher retention rates than their counterparts. So today I get to go behind the scenes at Perk with CEO Andy Medley, who has built this explosive brand with the focus on hiring highly talented contributors and helping each of them realize their true potential while treating the business like a game. He's got a lot to share, and we're going to be right back. This show is going to be loaded, I guarantee it. But first, let's hear from our Gut Plus Science sponsor today. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategy serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. All right, so let's roll. Andy, we get to inspire leaders with your new ideas and stories today, all in an effort to help more employees love Mondays and stop living complacently through the weeks just to get to Friday. So for those of you who don't know, Andy Medley is a CEO that has built a thriving business and is very passionate about engagement and accountability. So let's dive in. Andy, welcome to the show. I'm going to just go right into our first question here. So how do you define company culture and can you describe Perks culture? How do I define a company culture? And I, it's almost like a, a little bit of touchy-feely. And there's a lot of art and science, a balance of art and science behind it. But from a touchy-feely perspective, it's can you, is it an energy you can feel when you walk into the building? Is there something noticeably different about that organization than another organization? Is it discernible from the, from, from the other? You'll probably hear me mention my, my uh, partner and co-founder, Scott. Scott likes to say, when we were all, uh, for those of us that went through college and decided to join a fraternity or sorority, we picked one and it felt different. There was a collective group of individuals that really spoke to us. And uh, I think that, you know, it's not a word for me, 
it's more of a it's more of a feeling and then from there it's the actions that take place from the individuals inside of that culture that really cement it because the first thing in culture is me and how i feel once i'm inside of it does it feel welcoming does it feel like it's a place i want to be around and then the more i get to meet the individuals um am i in a spot where i know that these individuals are who i want to go to war with every single day that i can learn with that i can you know can accomplish my goals as a result of having been around them at perk our culture is really based on the foundation that business is a game and business is a game doesn't mean that it's not uh, important. Uh, Michael Jordan certainly felt like uh, I'm sure winning the championship was the most important thing in the world. But for us, uh, it means that we are an open book management company, which means we share all the financials. So that's our scoreboard. Our team is inside these walls. Our building is our stadium and it should represent us. And we are all working collectively for one very clearly defined goal, which is our mission to create meaningful engagement between consumers and brands. So that's kind of how we define our, our, uh, our culture as businesses again. That's cool. So for many of the listeners out there, the reason why they, they're on the show is they're, they're looking for new ideas and they're wanting to solve problems in their organization and, and get better. That's why they're spending the time. What are some of the key things? I'm sure you've, you've either been part of organizations or you've had times in your culture where there's been things that you've picked up on from an energy standpoint or just an experience that you're like, ooh, those are indicators to look for that it's probably something you want to dive into. Any of those those energies or indicators that you could share with our listeners today? Yeah, a, a ton. And a lot of the time, you know, I guess to be a little selfish or myopic is from my perspective, there are times that I roll out something that I think is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And uh, it just totally falls on its face. And a lot of it is because I never got initial feedback. And so, you know, the question you're asking can, can, can be made more complex, but I think a lot of things happen as a result of you skipping the basics. And so when we are trying to implement it, you know, we're, we're at about 120 people today and have added 60 over the last year. And there's a lot of scale that takes place in that. And so how do you make sure you perpetuate the culture and introduce new things? And a lot of it, especially some of that stuff comes back to the beginning where you're talking to key individuals inside of your organization and getting feedback before you roll something out that doesn't work, before you see things that are starting to go down. One very specific piece that I do to maintain a pulse on the organization that helps me dive into key areas um, on a regular basis is I do I do 45-day welcome meetings. And so every single individual in the organization meets with me after 45, and that's actually business days. So it ends up being about Oh, eight weeks. And at eight weeks, the honeymoon is over. You know what your job is. Um, you're in here on a daily basis. You've been onboarded. You have learned what Perk as an organization does. You know your role. You've been, been integrated in the culture. And from that, I can find out a tremendous amount about how we are acting and treating you as an individual and what the expectations are moving forward and what things we need to improve on. By just asking some basic questions, how was it getting introduced to the culture? How many people have you met outside of your department? Tell me what Perk does. What could we have done better when it came to that first week? All of that stuff, it sounds so foundational, but it's also like the beginning foundational piece of any problem or the root cause of any problem that would end up occurring inside of the organization. Really good. Really good. And I want to take us down a path on the gamification that you brought up, especially around open book management, because I know that has been brought up a couple of times and many leaders just they they just really don't get it. And um, I'd love for you to talk about how that came about in your organization. And was it hard to integrate? And 
what has been the outcome? Has it changed how people operate and how the culture thrives in the organization? The first thing is like, um, there's a lot in there. It's ever evolving and not only what game you're playing, but the complexity at which you're playing it. You know, when we first started, we hired four people in sales and this was a big move for Scott and I, we were 24 and just got in our first office. And, and the idea and question for us was how do we make sure we understand how important these individual hires are and importance not only means their ability to perform, but also, I mean, they're expensive, right? And so we've got to pay for you and what do we need you to do? And if we just told you, would that be as, as valuable as us? If we just told you, Hey, we need you to sell. Um, as opposed to explaining to them why, when they sell, how that impacts the business. I mean, from a PL perspective and what the expense is on an ongoing month for who they are. And so the first goal we ever did at first open book management was we said, if you guys can pay for yourselves and through gross profit in one month, we're all going to get a you know $200 bonus or spiff or whatever. I forget what the actual bonus was. And that leads to questions and that leads to ownership and accountability on both ends. So the questions are, what is gross profit? What's the difference between gross profit and profit? And how do you know what cost of goods are versus expenses? Okay. And that's how much I cost. Oh, and I, oh, there's taxes and there's health insurance and there's, you know, computer costs. Okay. So I'm just more than just the the salary that I get on a weekly basis. And none of this is positive or negative. It's just a reality. And so that education makes them feel more bought in because they understand the game a little bit more. And so from a highest level, that's kind of where we started very, very, very simply. Hiring four people and there we are. Later on, as we add departments and divisions and quarterly goals and annual goals, how do we make sure every single person in this organization who has chosen to spend their time with us eight to 10 hours a day, more than their families, um, how do we make sure that they understand why what they do on a daily basis is meaningful and how if they continue to perform at a successful level on a daily or weekly or monthly basis, how does that directly connect to the overarching goals of the organization and why they're going to make an impact in this big problem we're trying to solve? Wow. So if we broke that down a little bit, just so that our listeners can understand how much time you spend educating uh, your team members, like what does the cadence look like? Is this an all company meeting multiple times a year, or is this where department leaders break out and do educational sessions with their team members? Kind of talk through how you educate throughout the organization. That's great. It's both. So think about the beginning of the year. We're in the first week of we're in January, first month of the year, instead of having a, a long all day event, because if you know me that I can't sit still for two hours, let alone doing something for eight hours. So for the first five days, um, an hour each day, we are rolling out a different part of the overall strategy. And so at first it starts at a company level. Here's what we're trying to accomplish here, are the three main priorities. And here are, here are our three goals for the year. And then over the subsequent days, we break that down into departments and we talk about the key metric of each department and what those metrics mean and how they how they equal the bigger goals of the organization. After that, the departments then have their own department meetings where they're going even deeper into their department goals and metrics and helping understand where the individuals play in that big company metric. So I'll use something easy, for example. Very simple, right? So uh, sales. Sales is bookings. And their goal this year was to do X million dollars in bookings. And um, each individual has a bookings goal or quota that equals, if they do their job, what that goal is going to be for the year and for the quarter and for the month. And each month then, 
outside of the department goals, the company is coming together, like you talked about it, for an all-hands recap where we are updating at the company level and at the department level and just consistent cadence around what it is that we're trying to accomplish and think about it through the lens of a scoreboard because when we're delivering those numbers, it is in the form of a scoreboard. And we talk about the metrics of each individual department similarly to when we talk about stats in a, in a, in a basketball game, right? If each department accomplishes their metric, um, just like if you get the most steals or the most rebounds or the most assists, you're more likely to win the game. If we hit our, if, if each department accomplishes their key metric, we're more likely to win the overall game. And so it's portion of high level company um, alignment and then departments driving home what they're responsible for. And then us coming back together and holding each other accountable for what we're supposed to be accomplishing in order to win the overall game. Okay, so Andy, let's transition into something that it seems like you're doing really well and you have some some just passion around talking about, which is accountability. A lot of leaders struggle with it, especially like department leaders and managers. So let's kind of level set for a second. When you think accountability, how do you view it? And how do you build a company culture that embraces it? I view it as you saying, this is what I'm going to do over this period of time and here's how I'm going to measure it. That to me is accountability and you telling people, not only me, but everybody. And we measure it by, if you walk in here, it's pretty clear. We have all of our dashboards are up, all of our scoreboards are up. And then on a, you can't hide from it in a, uh, in a recap as a department. So really it starts with the leader um, saying, this is what we're going to do. And when they stand up there and they're hitting it, it's easy. And when they're missing it, that's not fun, but they can also say we missed and we tried and here's what we're doing to fix it. Well, that's great. And I'm guessing leading into this next question that I'd love to ask, um, I'm guessing that leadership coming into PERC or people that advance into leadership at PERC, accountability and embracing that is just a must. But what would you say is the most important attribute of a leader or what you look for when hiring or elevating someone into a leadership position? It's hard to say one specific thing. Uh, If any, it's got to be the fact that you know you can trust them. You know, take experience aside or they're smart or they've got um, their specific knowledge in whatever discipline that we're bringing them on for. If I can't trust you as a as a direct report, as a teammate on the management team or leadership team, whatever it may be, then it's going to be really hard for you and I both to excel together. And trust is broken down by a lot of different things, you know, because it's 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 certainly earned. It's not given. And it's built through a specific management process that nurtures talent and maintains open communication. And that's both at the individual and the group level. And so one of the easiest anecdotes I like to talk about, um, and if you are, if you work in here, you quickly realize that that debating is how we make decisions. And debating means that we will sit down and we will have a logical argument about a decision that maybe not doesn't have a clear yes or no. And any good leader is willing to set, in, and I do this all the time, and I'm usually wrong most of the time, but I will set a stake in the ground during the debate with an answer. And then it is amazing if you are around a group of talented people that will argue why what I just said is wrong, and then the natural answer will come out. But what's also, and this is going back to trust where it comes in, I have to, they have to trust to know that me, um, during this conversation, that I, during this conversation, I'm going to go, oh, I'm wrong. Nope, you're right. That's way better than my answer. 
And so trust allows for healthy debate. Healthy debate allows for the logical answer to win. And a good leader is able to take every single person. If you're hiring smart people and they're in the room and they're debating the right answer, you want to have their brains on it. And they have to feel comfortable being wrong. And that includes the leader who has to be able to say at some point in time, I'm wrong, you're right, thank you, that's a great answer, what's next? And so that's a, that's a lot in there, right? But I think if I was looking for one thing, uh, it would be their ability to uh, be trustworthy. And in order for all of this to work, engagement of employees is so huge. And I know that when we had talked before the show, you said, you know, really two areas that I'm pretty passionate about are engagement and accountability. So leading into engagement, let's kind of level set on what is engagement to you? What does that look like? And how does that relate to the overall culture at Perk? Yeah. So this is, I, I think it's the same because, well, you can have a bad culture and not have engagement, but if you actually care about culture, then your employees have to be engaged. I mean, if I was choosing one word, going back to your question, I'd, you probably answered it for me, which is a, a good culture is an engaged culture. And if the employees aren't engaged, that means that they don't understand what their responsibility is. It means they also don't really understand where they're going. And so, you know, an engaged culture for us means that we're sharing this information and taking the time to educate because we know it makes them better and it's going to allow these individuals to accomplish something greater than if we didn't. And so when I think about from a cultural perspective of what engagement means and how you actually measure it beyond the retention, you know, of the employees, it's are you hitting your goals? Uh, because the only way you hit your goals, if they're worth anything, is because you have individuals that are all kind of beating the similar drum, knowing what their responsibilities are and working together to make sure those get hit. And I, I think that's kind of the core idea of engagement. We have ways we measure engagement in here from a cultural perspective that have nothing to do with the performance of the business. But I mean, as an outcome, remove the fun, remove the fact that, you know, there's games being played in here and that, that people are laughing and that you can feel a separate energy. Um, that is a byproduct of people being engaged because they care about coming to work and they want to do well. You know, fun is a byproduct of smart people being in a room solving big problems. It's not the it's not the goal. Yeah. And how would you say that because engagement, I think, is something that can shift at any given time. I mean, you know, a, a conversation in a conference room with a group of people gone wrong can throw engagement down a path of you know, not the way that we want it to go, not in a positive track. So, you know, it happens all the time that we have to assess like where things are. And just from your perspective, how do you or your executive team or, you know, HR department, how do you gain understanding on where engagement levels are? And maybe share an example of a time that you were able to see that there was a disengagement issue and you put a certain process in place or you did something to be able to drive that group back to an engaged team. So I, measuring engagement, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, there's a ton of really good best practices out there beyond just exit interviews are, are really good for us. Exit interviews do two things. One, they, they tell us some information about things that are not going well that we didn't know about, especially when we lose a, a key employee that we didn't want to. It also validates things that we are doing well that they, this individual might have left incited as the reason. And we are for lack of a better way of saying it, we're excited because that's the reason, because that's actually what we're going after. So it was a bad fit. You know, that's, that's one example. Um, another example is the best places to work. So whenever you're, re- whenever you're signing up for those, you're doing pretty big surveys, you know, in, in company wide that are giving you pretty good information, not only at a company level, but, uh, or an aggregate level, but also at a department level. 
how leaders are performing, how they're being rated, annual reviews. Uh, we don't we don't do the typical type of annual reviews. It's a lot more of a I shouldn't even call them that because we do them on a quarterly basis where it's more like feedback and, and, and diving a little bit deeper where we have a specific question we each ask each quarter relative to the culture, relative to the, the strategy, the organization, and making sure people are really understanding what their roles are inside of it. Um, so we're constantly getting these pulses uh, to tell us whether or not we're hearing the right thing. Real quick anecdote that is another pulse for me that I just really didn't realize how important it was and now I look for it is that at, at the 45-day meetings that I have with individuals, it, what's kind of crazy is I don't ask this, but it, you know, they, I, I get this in a very similar context. And what they tell me is that they'll tell me that the people here are so willing to help. They're surprised by that. Right. And at first it was confusing to me. I didn't necessarily understand, you know, cause my, I said, well, as opposed to what, you know, they're not willing to help and people would start to shake their heads. Like, yeah, totally. I mean, this is not, this is not normal. And so I can, I can extrapolate a lot from that about our organization just from that one little sentence. And if I stop ever hearing that on a consistent basis from the, from the newbies that we're hiring in, then that's probably a pretty good uh, uh, proxy metric or leading indicator to me that, that something, isn't, uh, something isn't going right. And so you know, the first portion is you asked, like, how do we kind of measure that? And that's, we have multiple outputs. I put stake in some more than, you know, probably management or our, our talent uh, director does, but um, we constantly kind of have these little pieces to tell us whether or not um, we're heading in the right direction. But more importantly, focused on the right things, because you asked, you know, how do you know when it's kind of going the wrong direction or where you're being disengaged? And, and Scott and I certainly got a little confused as, long, as young leaders about building an environment that was fun rather than building a high performing environment where the outcome was fun. And, you know, you saw that where we certainly got and we and I am included in that got way entitled when we first really started growing. Uh, this is back in 2006, 2007, where we had lost sight of um, what the end goal was, what our mission was, what problem we were trying to solve. And as a result, started focusing more on the culture than focusing on um, the business with the culture being a component of the business. And that manifests itself into all sorts of things that you don't want to see in an organization um, in terms of entitlement. And you can kind of go down that rabbit hole and know what that looks like. So I'd love to know what are the core values at Perk and how did you choose them and maybe give an example of how they're being lived out amongst your, your, the four, your four walls or inside your building? When we talk about our core values, we talk, kind of talk about the, rule, the rules of our game, right? You know, we can't break these rules when we're trying to accomplish our goals. And so smart growth is a, is a big piece. Um, commitment to our community, of course, culture of innovation, uh, customer value creation. And the last one, those first four I said are, you know, there's typically core values that are shared um, by most organizations. Uh, it doesn't mean they all exude them the same way. It doesn't even mean that they might even really talk about them. But when they're coming up with them, there's usually semblances of, uh, of a lot that overlap across organizations. But usually there's one value, one core value that's a little bit different or very unique to that organization. So our last one's game on. And game on really um, is meant to embody the uh, the business as a game idea, right? You got to trust your teammates. Um, you got to play fair. You got to work hard. All of these things that help you actually win a game. So those those are the five. And what we do is, and this is a purely a byproduct of our culture club. A culture club is 
was organically built. Um, it was not a, a, a mandate from management and it's comprised of, of no managers and they determine a lot of stuff in this organization. They have their own budget where they do, they determine where we have our time, where we donate our time, where we, when we have money, where we donate our money. They do all of the plannings for you know the cookouts, the Christmas party, what prizes we're going to give away. But what they also did, and this was two years ago, they built a game and it's called the Perk Game. And think of like a game board where there's steps and uh, everybody um, at the beginning of the year starts on start and they all have their, their little, uh, their little token that represents them. Um, a lot of them is just the headshots of the different individuals in the organization. We have a, we have a giant chalkboard in here. It's man, how big is it? It's probably 30 feet by 25 feet and we have super high ceilings. And so that game board is on that chalkboard. And as you do things, so at the beginning of the year, each department picks a couple specific actions from that department that are directly tied to the core values. So in game on, it might be I, I hit a, in my, my all-time booking record or I uh, solved a customer pain, right? Or saved a customer or something along those lines, right? But every department has a couple. And every time I exude one, I get a game step. And as you look at the game board, you know, three steps out is a T-shirt, six steps out is a water bottle, all the way down to the finish, which is the grand prize, which we have as a drawing at the end of the year. So as you go through it, you can go through it as many times as you want. And every time you get to the end, you get an additional ticket to, for your name to be drawn in the, uh, uh, at the Christmas party for, uh, for a big trip. And so not only are we talking about our core values, but we're actually showing you application for how those can be put into use on a regular basis. So we're kind of always drawn back to to what the rules of our game are. Wow. Andy, thanks so much for your energy and passion around building an amazing place for people to work and for sharing best practices today. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back and we're going to do what we call the lightning round, which is where I ask a few questions just to learn a little bit about more about you as a person. So we'll be right back. Custom Concrete has been creating foundations for the finest homes, commercial buildings, and industrial facilities throughout central Indiana since 1969. Builders, contractors, and homeowners rely on our expertise because so much depends on getting it right. Our knowledge and control of all aspects of the job, from excavation to waterproofing to backfill, means the extra value is built into every project. Codes don't drive our business. Excellence does. See the difference at customconcrete.com. All right, Andy. So welcome back. This is what we call the lightning round and just want to learn a little bit about you. So just real quick, you know, um, one line answers. I know this is a loaded one, but if you could pick one book or a favorite book that you'd recommend to our listeners, what would it be? I'm going to give you three. And for any leader out there, these are the three books you need to read. You need to read High Output Management, which is the Bible on all things management from Andy Grove. You need to read Hard Thing About Hard Things from Ben Horowitz, which is everything that is not fun about being a CEO, but it's also what is fun about being a CEO and the newest book. Um, and I'm forgetting his name is called high growth handbook, Elad Gillum. I may, I may be wrong on that. And that book is all about the uniqueness of scaling a fast growth organization. There's a ton of books on startups, but this is all about scale up, right? What's it like to go from hundred to 150, 150 to 300 people, so on and so forth. Nice. Thank you for those recommendations. I broke your rule. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's great. So uh, favorite vacation spot. Anywhere on a mountain with snow. How about a favorite hobby that we'd find you doing when you're not working? On a mountain with snow skiing. Yeah. (laughs) And Andy, how can our listeners connect with you after the show if they want to follow up? At Andy Medley is my Twitter handle. 
Andy, thanks for helping us take a deeper dive into a healthy culture of accountability and employee engagement. Awesome learning from you today. I'm now going to summarize into what we call the truth you can act on section, which are some key takeaways from what you shared. And I encourage our listeners to try something new based on what you've learned or start a new conversation with a colleague. So first of all, I love the idea of taking a 45 day check-in one-on-one with new employees. Andy said, you know, I do this as the CEO. So a 45 day check-in, especially if you're the CEO doing this with all of your employees, 45 days in gives you an opportunity to get feedback on their experience and just really understand the onboarding process and make a huge impact just listening to them and sitting with them and building a relationship. Next is uh, gamifying your business or open book management. It's such a great way to be able to help employees get educated on foundational business principles and to help employees understand all the financials of the business and how a business runs and how they relate their meaning to it. Just overall instilling ownership because they really understand. Third, uh, transparency fuels accountability. So scoreboards being posted and goals stated for all to hear and just breeding this environment of everyone being open to holding each other accountable and giving feedback, just full transparency to be fueled through that accountability is awesome. And then finally, I love the idea of building a culture club. So having a team of people that aren't in leadership, they are employees in the company who come together on a routine basis and come up with new ideas, get input from employees and make decisions around employee events and ways you're going to give options to get involved in the community and just new ways of learning and constantly keeping an eye on how do we make the culture better at our company. So with that, those are my key takeaways from Andy today. So many great loaded ideas in the entire episode. Thanks again, Andy. And we'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science, guys. Bye-bye. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.